You're listening to Living in His Love on The Answer Broadcasting with Reverend Trudy Daly. Now, let's prepare to hear this week's message. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct this program. May all that is said and done be truthful and loving and reflect your word and your ways. Open the ears and hearts of those listening that they might be blessed by what is said. Help each listener to know and understand how much you love them and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to save them and that you want to help them in every situation in their lives. Amen. I've taken these studies from Gary Chapman, and you've probably heard about his book, Five Love Languages. So I want to talk about these today, and I want you to stop and think about how they affect you and what love languages are important to you. The first love language is words of affirmation. We know that our words can build up or tear down. So it's very important that if we want someone to feel loved, that we're using the right kinds of words. Often, when people are complimented, it's something that can really build them up, especially if they haven't been asked for. And many people really need to hear the words, I love you. I know that I grew up in a generation when those weren't said very often. You had to guess from people's actions that they were loved. But I find in the younger generation, which I'm very happy about, is that people are much freer to say, I love you. And what's important is to not only say, I love you, but I love you because. I love you because you're kind. I love you because you're helpful. I love you because you are loving. Insults can break people's hearts and leave lasting scars. I know of instances when I taught school of words that were said to children about how they were stupid or dumb or not smart, however they heard it. And those words impacted them for the rest of their life. Sometimes something simple always, oh, you're a pest and I didn't want you. We think, oh, that was just a minor thing but they can actually crush a child's heart. So when you're making a choice of how you speak, use words of affirmation. The second love language is quality time. When you teach, you have to learn many things about dealing with children. And one of the things that I learned was that most children don't feel like they receive enough time from their parents. So I used to encourage the parents to set aside 15 or 20 minutes that each child would know that that was their time, they weren't going to have to share it, and they could say or do anything they wanted with it. It's not really that different as adults because we want to do things together and we want to receive undivided attention from the people that we love, especially our spouses. Quality time can include uh, conversations and activities when there aren't distractions or things aren't postponed or canceled. 
especially when you're dealing with children, uh, do not promise something that you cannot fulfill on because that will be very upsetting to them. And they know that then they feel they're not that important. Um, one of the things I've noticed dealing with people is men are tempted to want to just fix problems when women want them to just listen to them. And so I have to often say to men, just listen to your wife. I also have learned as far as speaking is that often men do not want to be told what to do. And truthfully, it's not only men. So when you're spending time with people, try to be attentive, try to listen, and try to share in the activity. The third language is receiving gifts. Deeply appreciated gifts or gestures are things that are valued. And sometimes we think, oh, it has to be something large. When in reality, actually frequent small gifts are far more effective than a huge gift once a year. And by giving gifts, people know that you've thought about them and you care for them. The other thing is to try to pick things that you think they would like. One of the pitfalls is we often buy things for people, things that we like and think that they will like them. Gifts are visual symbols of love. The value of the gift is often less important than the significance of the gift. If you know someone collects dolls, then perhaps the gift that's appropriate for them is a doll. Uh, if someone collects something else, try to be aware of the kind of gifts that people actually uh, receive and get excited about. If you know what a person likes, it's easy to give those gifts. If you don't, perhaps ask or watch for their reaction when they receive gifts. It's often better to give, as I said, small gifts instead of one large one. And make sure that they truly like the gift and they're not just being nice and saying so. Try to give a variety of gifts, not necessarily the same one over and over. I know uh, some of my friends, because I say I like a certain thing, that's the gift that they keep giving me over and over. Uh, the sad thing is often when we, we get gifts um, that really aren't what we like, we tend to give them away, quite honestly. Or we stack them in a place and they sit there. So be very thoughtful about the gifts. The fourth love language is acts of service. When people do things for you, especially when it makes your life easier or shares your responsibility, like cooking, cleaning, helping with the kids, these are truly appreciated. I know they are for me. That's probably one of my love languages, acts of service. But broken commitments or unwillingness to help send a message that you don't matter and that you are taken for granted. Even if you or your mate have the same love language, you may speak different dialects and value different types of service. 
Share with each other the tasks that you deem most helpful. I know one time uh, I was working with someone and they did not want to paint something. And so I remember they're saying to me, well, if you'll paint this, then I'll do that for you. So you can exchange acts of service and kind of work that out between you and another person. I know that there was a, a story that came from a gentleman and was talking about if you really want your spouse to appreciate you, take out the garbage. So we jokingly often are surprised at things that really impress other people and are really helpful. The fifth love language is physical touch. Physical touch brings us a sense of security and connection. We feel cared about when someone touches us, if it's an appropriate touch or a thoughtful touch. Hugs, kisses, pats, or sexual intimacy when appropriate with a mate. Holding hands, foot massages, back rubs. All those are ways that people can feel cared about. I know that when I go out to minister, one of the things I always try to do is either hold someone's hand or touch their arm. And often I know that that brings a sense of caring. There was an experiment actually uh, many years back when there were children in orphanages who weren't doing well and weren't prospering. And then one of the nurses decided to take the children and one at a time, of course, and she would carry them around. She would make it a sling so she could carry them. And they began to find that when they did this, the children uh, survived much better and prospered much better. And the truth is, no matter what age you are, you still need the physical touch. Most people do not receive the amount of physical touch that they need, especially if they're not married and they are alone. So that if someone is open to being hugged or touched, then try and do that and be conscious of that need in people. And I'm saying this when it is appropriate. It's not always appropriate uh, for men to hug women. Sometimes if women have been in a situation where they've been abused, that's very threatening to them. So we always need to be aware and try and sense whether someone needs to be appreciated from a distance or you can just touch their hand or their shoulder. It makes people feel loved. Uh, most people do not receive the amount of love that they need. Uh, Ruth Carter Stapleton's prayer was to bridge the gap between the love that we receive and the love that we need. And often we don't receive the amount of love we need. And sometimes it's even hard for us to recognize that God loves us. We can hear it said over and over and we can believe that it's true and still not feel it. It took me a long time even to where I felt God's love. Yes, I believed it. Yes, I read it in the word. But it wasn't until I began to sense that he was doing things 
that made me feel loved, allowed me uh, to believe that he heard and knew what I wanted and needed. One of the stories I tell is that I was uh, shopping one day at a store and I saw a ring I liked and I said, well, I want it. No, you don't need it. I want it. No, you don't need it. And I finally walked out of the store without it, even though I truly liked it. The following Sunday, one of the ladies from church came and she said, I brought you something. And I really felt like God told me I had to get it for you. So I was like, oh, that's great. Thank you for being so thoughtful. And I opened the gift and it was the exact same ring that I had looked at in the store and had wanted. So that was the beginning of my sensing that God cared about what I wanted and even how I heard love. What do people fail to do that affects you the most? Think about it in your lives. Uh, people tend to express love to others in the same way that they want to receive it. Do the same for all the significant people in your life. Try and find out how they hear love. And it may be in more than one way. One way might be the primary way, and then there's a secondary way. You can combine these things. And the truth is that we should even try and find out how our children hear love. Because I can almost guarantee you that each child hears it differently. So if you have five children, you, they may each need to be looked at and valued and view the, their, how they see things, and maybe that can give you a clue. One of the things you can also do, all of you, is you can go online and find the five love language test. And you can take it for yourself and you can ask other people that you love to take it also. And then you can determine it. It's important that after you find out, you really do try to do those things. And ask God for the help. Because he truly wants you to feel loved and he wants you to love others so that they can feel it also. His love, thank God, is unconditional. Unfortunately, ours is not. So that we need to work towards that ability to love. And this may sound strange, without expectation of the same love in return. We would like to have mutual love and respect, but unfortunately, the wounds that people have and the things they've struggled through, sometimes they're not capable of loving in the way that we want. So we often need to ask God for the grace to love people the way they are and to not set up unrealistic expectations. Today being Valentine's Day, we all kind of look at the people in our lives and wonder, well, who will let me know today that I'm cared about at least? Maybe not loved, but at least cared about and thought about. Ask God to also show you the people that you're meant to reach out to and allow them to know that they're cared about. Another thing that God does is 
if we ask him for a gift of love, an ability to love people, even unloving people, he will grant that to us. I've been blessed in my life to know several women who had that gift and who made a significant difference in my life because I could feel their love. And I'm truly thankful for them and their lives. I pray you have similar people in your life and that your love tank will get filled today. Dear listeners, thank you for sharing this time together with us. We ask God to bless you, heal you, and to provide, protect, and prosper you. May God allow you to experience more and more of his love for you. We pray that this week's message has touched you in a powerful way. To connect with us online, visit us at theanswerbroadcasting.com.